Hey, everybody. Welcome to St. Misbehaving, the podcast about saints from people who are not. Uh, I am your host. My name is Matthew Shadorn, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host slash chief researcher slash good Friends. acquaintance from work. <laughs> good acquaintance from work. Uh, Anna Domini. How are you doing today, Anna? Well, other than totally heartbroken by what you just said, I'm not, not too bad. Thank you. It's nice to be here. That's good. That's good. <laughs> it's a podcast about saints. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. So this is a podcast about saints. Anna is going to regale us with the tale of a saint whose feast day it is today. But before we get into that, Anna, have you done anything particularly saintly uh, since we last talked? Like anything, you know, any particular good deeds or experienced any kind of miraculous acts? I'd say I did I did a kind of punitive act, really, that, that kind of felt sort of <laughs> like I, I was doing some, some saintly going into the desert. Basically, last year, I lent my neighbor my Christmas tree, which I think, you know, is on a par with stuff that Jesus did. Um, sure. So like, because we were going away for Christmas, but we'd had our tree. So I, I lent my neighbor the, the tree and it came to like getting our tree this year. And I realized she hadn't given the, the stand back, the uh... like the tree stand. Um, and Wait, so I this looked... wasn't an artificial tree? No. <laughs> okay. um, well, because we, we had it decorated and then we went away for a week, like on like Christmas Eve or something. Oh, okay. So then, because she didn't have to buy a tree. So yeah, it, it was like, it was a nice deed. But the way that I was like, thanked for that was we never got the tree stand back and then when we when our tree arrived um yesterday to ready for this christmas i looked out of the window because it's my neighbor in the same block of flats and realized that the tree stand had just been outside in the garden for a year so <laughs> i spent my evening yesterday cleaning out this tree stand that had a year's worth of like rain and mud in it and it was like it was like a swamp it was like a miniature swamp um, Wait, but you don't like live on the ground floor uh-huh. You so she just like left it outside the apartment. It's not yeah, even like, like she left it garden. outside your door. No, no, or... no. She like just in the garden, <laughs> completely exposed. But yeah, oh. so as I was washing it out, it basically turned my whole bathroom into like a muddy sort of wilderness. So I was like dealing with with all this mud and swamp, and it was very unpleasant. And it felt it felt a little like you know this is, this is why don't don't do good deeds. <laughs> no, I feel like you missed the point of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, possibly. The I, season I of goodwill and charity. Yeah, I'm starting to feel like you're not a good person. What? <laughs> uh, if, if that's what I think a good deed is, I see. Okay. I, no, I don't know. It was I nice need to revisit. Lent, it was nice that you lent them to that. It was them that really... Uh, but, you, but you turned the other cheek. You didn't... Yeah, right? I d you know, I didn't empty the swamp into there. No retaliation? No, exactly. No. And you didn't, like, after you saw it was in the yard, like, go and knock on the door and be like, Hey, where is that tree stand? <laughs> I thought it would be more awkward you. to not to mention it at all ever again. Yeah, so. um, because <laughs> that's the way I operate. So, well, that was nice of you in the past, um, <laughs> and it was good of you in the future to, or in the present, to reuse a tree stand, I guess, and not just go out and buy a new one. Yeah, so. that. Yeah, I, I feel like that would have been the, the wasteful, selfish option yeah. that I, I could have done. So you got your tree up. Oh, we should say for people we're recording this about a month ahead of time, so it's not like. Anna just got a tree for <laughs> it's like oh you get those trees in January you get a real good deal <laughs> yeah I mean setting a trend for brown trees for yeah. December that's just um... real fire trap 
Right. Uh, oh, that's great. So, well, I'm glad you did something good this week. I didn't really do <laughs> much of anything. I did watch a, a fun religious movie, oh, yeah? a movie with a religious theme called Yes, God, Yes, which is very funny on Netflix. Is it about someone wanking over God? It's not exactly. It's about a young, it's about a teenage girl in Catholic school and is raised very devoutly Catholic and kind of coming to terms with like uh, sexuality. Yeah, repressing and like figuring out her own body and whatnot. And it's it's very fun and it's written written by Catherine Maine, Karen Maine. And uh, she wrote Obvious Child, which is a movie I really like by Jillian Rotespierre from a few years ago. And yeah, I mean, it's written and directed by a woman. So that is pretty miraculous. So you think I might like it? No. <laughs> <laughs> One of those lady yeah, films. Yeah, <laughs> everybody gets their period, I assume. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but no, I just think it, I just thought it was very fun. And um, it's only like 77 minutes. So it's got everybody's got the time for that. Anyways. <laughs> nothing ventured, nothing gained, nothing lost. Yeah, exactly. You can. There's ways. There's worse ways to waste your time. I'm sure. I don't know this about you, but you strike me as the kind of person who watches a lot of reality TV, Anna. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you just said I spend my time cleaning out swamps. (laughs) I guess so. Anyways, uh, so Anna, today is January 31st. Rather when this comes out, we've already said we're not (laughs) recording it early. Shattered the illusion already. But today is January 31st, 2021. Who is today's saint, Anna? Well, actually, there are a few saints whose feast day is today. But sadly, a lot of them didn't have much to their story. Mm-hmm. So, for example, St. Will Gills had a fun name. <laughs> that is a but... really fun name. <laughs> well, he, he the alternatives, he's also known as Will Gizzle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and Hilgis. <laughs> so um <laughs> yeah other than having loads of fun aliases that sound like everyone's being strangled and trying to choke out the name he also was the the father of saint willie broad um which is another fun what? one um, <laughs> willie broad is his first name i get it well it must have been because his dad was called will gizzle right so <laughs> okay no i guess it's true i can't argue with that um, logic will gizzle sounds like was it just a fish was he just a fish is is one of those big <laughs> Math, big mouth Billy Bass fish that go on the wall and when you walk by it, <laughs> it starts to wrapping the Lord's yeah, Prayer yeah something like that yeah it sings, sings a fun um, no he was just uh, there's there's not really much about him other than that he lived as a hermit in the, on the then, banks of the river Humber he might have been quite familiar with swamps actually. wait if he was a hermit how did he have a son that is a good point <laughs> I feel like if we had the resources we could find some scandal yeah. here I feel like we just don't understand um, what a hermit is I'm starting to really See, like, do I? Is it me that doesn't know, or is it them? Because I felt like I had a really clear picture of what a hermit was, and I feel like you've really been shattering a lot of my illusions here. Well, I mean, you know, if our purpose here is to educate, then the first people we can do that to is ourselves, right? Wait, so when is Shifty Whizzlegizzle? What's his name? What's the son's name? The so his name is Will Gills slash Will Gizzle slash Hillgis, and his son is Saint Willie Broad. Broad. So Will Gills's Saint Day is today, but Willie Broad is is sometime in November. Let me have a look. Sorry, this is very boring. My internet is being very slow, which is very promising. So Willie Broad's day is the 7th of November, which this year is actually a Sunday. So who knows? We may learn more about him and his uh, dodgy 
beginnings. Yeah. Wow. Um, Latham, a 50... yeah, so that's a reason to stay yeah. tuned. There's a 50-50 chance we'll come back. So check back in November. Or no, download all the episodes. And um... <laughs> <laughs> I love a bit of uh, good good internal product marketing yeah. there. So that's, that's what we call a teaser in the biz. <laughs> so <laughs> Will Gills didn't make the cut today. Who is today, no. Saint? Today, instead, we are talking about St. John Bosco. He also had a few aliases um, because he was, in fact, Italian. So his real <laughs> name is Giovanni Bosco. Wait, you made it sound like he's Italian. Like, you had a lot of aliases because, you know, he's Italian and we know how those people are. They're just born criminals. I mean, <laughs> I mean he, he was a saint. I feel right. like you've forgotten where we are now because he's, he's known in English as St. John Bosco, but obviously his real Italian name is Giovanni Bosco. Um, <laughs> no. And... <laughs> Oh, it gets it gets worse, and as in from me, um, not. <laughs> but he he was also known popularly as Don Bosco because he was a boss, um, <laughs> not a mafia boss. God damn it! See, mafia. this is what I'm saying. Like it's it's starting to uh, it's starting to feel like I'm getting an, like a very stereotypical image here coming from Giovanni. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was born in 1815, so that was before organized crime was an issue. I don't think you I understand think. organized crime. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, the only thing he organised was the Catholic Church, so that remains to be seen. But we'll find out more about that in a minute. He was born on the 16th of August, 1815, mm. in the evening, apparently. Oh. So now that we're sort of a bit more recent, we can that's much more specific, know a bit more exact. Yeah, yeah. Like that's because uh, it was Saint Genevieve was like yeah for for, for Genevieve it was like a three year window that she might have been born. And now we're down to like a three hour window, like because you said yeah. like the evening, which is a very specific period of time from like 4 30 to maybe 7 30 depending on the time of year <laughs> yeah yeah well i guess august so would have been could have been a yeah, longer maybe could have been later in the evening window. still I've been... but either way i think we know that you know his dad was having a glass of wine and that was so again i feel like you have a bad stereotypes about <laughs> italians here <laughs> i mean I, that's just humans in the all evening right, i wasn't right. uh... <laughs> i just feel like we're, we're getting really close to a, a very like a racist surely if <laughs> If I was if I was promoting that theory, I would have said like moonshine, you know, some some other prohibition era beverage. I don't think they had prohibition. In, that's just an American thing. Yeah, I I, I know. I was referring to the the, the mafia. Oh, I see. Never mind. Right, right. Never mind. He was having a nice <laughs> glass of heroin. Um. So. <laughs> That's not mentioned in the uh, Catholic encyclopedia, yeah, well, but uh, yeah. but I mean maybe that's you know a deliberate cover up. Right. There. We don't know. Yeah. We could we can never really know allegedly. So 1815 in the yeah. mid in the in evening the, mid to late day, and <laughs> uh, he comes rolling out and into a little cabin in the hillside hamlet of Becchi. Uh, Becchi, Be- Becky, 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 Becky with the good moonshine. Yeah. So he's a, he's he's born in a log cabin. He's like is he like Italy's Abraham Lincoln? So something like that cool. yeah <laughs> well there were some atta- assassination attempts but we'll get to oh. those <laughs> that, that took a turn he when he was, was a baby the they tried to assassinate him like that's a fucked up baby no that would have been that would have been quite um quite quite a lot really mm. no it was later when he started having opinions um because boys from log cabins aren't allowed opinions <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing we know. He was the youngest son of Francesco Bosco <laughs> and Margarita Occhienna. Sorry. <laughs> Constantly drinking that one. I, uh, wait, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, her name was a cocktail, yeah. right? I mean, you gotta. Yeah. So. Sorry, it sounded like you were about no. to, to ask something. No. <laughs> okay, I'll continue. He had two older brothers. Do you want to know what their names were? Yes. Antonio and Giuseppe. <laughs> oh, it's getting to, it's getting too <laughs> too stereotypical now. I feel like you're making some of this up. It's. <laughs> I'm not. These are just their He's... names. I'm having fun, uh, but like also... the, these are. Also, his brothers Mario and Luigi, they were plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, Matthew, that's racist. Okay, sorry. Well, um... <laughs> I don't know. See, I'm, I was, I've been told that I'm not allowed to do comical Italian accents in Europe. Uh, now that I live in Europe, because in America, it's the, it's the funniest thing. Be like, hey, it's me, Giuseppe. I'm born on a pizza pie. Like, that's just everybody in America loves that. But apparently, I'm a racist. I mean, and <laughs> well, you know, we've, we've apparently maybe left Europe now. Yeah. So this is part of that seeking that america sweet sweet deal yeah, yeah. um so you know i'm just trying to align myself more with your culture i you guess get the american trade deal where you can just be as racist as you want to people and but you have to eat chicken that's been pumped full of chemicals so. potato potato mm-hmm. no one actually says potato though right even even in america posh people say potato right i've i mean i've met mm. a lot of posh people as you can probably tell <laughs> no um <laughs> and i mean my my granny actually used to call pizza pizza so she was pretty posh is it is that a posh no, right. i well I, I don't know i think she she also called plastic plastic <laughs> that sounds posh <laughs> yeah well it was very confusing for me when i broke my arm as a five-year-old because i went around showing everyone my plaster cast <laughs> and i said hey do you want to see my plastic ass <laughs> that's funny <laughs> true, story. true story i don't doubt it my <laughs> wife says i i sometimes use posh words because i will like or no she says that I, I say the word scone wrong and you do yes it's it's gone but I'm like but it's yeah. spelled like like bone or phone but it's also <laughs> spelled like gone mm, all right it's also spelled like one so so I should call it oh, a... that's the crime police the racism police. <laughs> the racism they're after us crime police <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> so I should call it a, a scone? No, a scone? No, a scone. Sc- no, a, a scone. scone. I don't know, whatever. I'm going to call it a scone until I die. Because mm. otherwise the joke doesn't work. What's the joke? What's the fastest kind of food? Scone. <laughs> okay. Well, that joke doesn't work. I, w- I, wish, I'd, <laughs> I wish I'd written that. You wish? <laughs> You'd be a millionaire yeah. today. You get all that... I would. Get all that popsicle stick and Christmas cracker money. <laughs> all right, where were we? We were we were talking about his family. We, we, <laughs> yeah. we hadn't got very far, I, I will admit. So, yes, Giovanni, youngest son of Francesco and Margarita, and his older brothers were Antonio and Giuseppe. Right. Which I love because, like, you know, if he'd been born in England, they'd have been called John, Tony, and Joe, right? So <laughs> sure. it's like, it's a bit, it's a bit more glamorous sounding. I think. I guess so. I think most things that are not from England are more glamorous sounding. The 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 Boscos of Becchi Becchi were farmhands, so they worked for another family, so they didn't own any land, um, but they were farmers. Mm. So quite quite poor. Um, Finally, and some it was poor actually... saints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we're talking yeah. deprivation. Um... Give it to me. <laughs> well, okay, I'll I'll set a sad tale then because it was a time of great shortage and famine mm. in the area following the devastation that had been brought by the Napoleonic Wars and drought. So the, the region had been hit by a lot of Wait, was it a Napoleonic hardship. drought too? <laughs> like Napoleon's like, oh, I drink all the water. Uh-huh. 
Wow. <laughs> or actually, I guess he was Italian too. He's like, it's me. I drink all the water. It's me in the poly. I drink the water. Uh, oh, wow. Anyway. <laughs> I I I wonder if Italians feel about your Italian accent the way I feel about your British Undoubtedly. accent. Undoubtedly. But you know what? <laughs> I feel that way about Italian American accents, I'm sure. Wow, I thought you were about to say I feel <laughs> that way about Italian. You know what? They're going to go straight to hell. No, I mean the Italians are fine people, I'm sure. Uh I have nothing I have nothing to say about Italian. Me neither. I mean they they've invented all my favorite foods. That's true. Pizza is by far the greatest invention mankind's ever created and the it's totally the Italians. So, yeah. mm-hmm. anyways, but um, what were we talking about? This is really descending. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get anywhere. We're not getting anywhere with this. This this is gonna be so much editing. I'm gonna do so much editing for this. <laughs> um, so, what were we talking about? It was the time of deprivation. Oh, right. It was this, which we're that... taking very seriously. Oh yes, the, sorry, the Napoleonic Wars. Grave. So it was basically a lot of these like rural regions were kind of left behind a bit. There was poverty a lot. So when he was, so not much happened between him being born and him being. Two. That's but true for most two, people. Yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say most people's biography between zero and two are pretty thin. <laughs> so we're gonna skip ahead a couple of years. Just just two years. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'll allow. Oh yeah, it. it's gonna be a long time recording. Yeah. This. If we're doing this in um, two two year uh, increments, I feel like we might have some. It might be a long ass episode. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, to be fair, we've been dwelling on the one evening for about half an hour now. So <laughs> the only thing more painful than hearing about this was probably the actual labor for his mum. So yes, sadly when he was two, his dad died. Mm. Um Francesco leaving leaving the support of the three boys solely to his mother, Margarita, <gasps> who swiftly put them to work. Presumably not that swiftly because still two. But from quite a young age the kids were were working and Antonio was the, the main breadwinner but Giovanni also had to work and he was working as a shepherd. Oh. Okay, because he was um, much older. He was sick, and so he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know because Giuseppe was two years older, but I can't find how old Antonio is. Okay. But he was the eldest. But yeah, so after a while, I guess you know, in in that kind of time, children were a burden until they could start pulling their weight. Yeah. or sheep in this case. So, um... so you can pull your weight in sheep. You were just a useless <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit, puke, uh, noise. Yeah. You got all that. To look, look forward to. Thanks. Uh, are you inspired by any of these names so far? No, no. I, I'm going to stick with Genevieve. Boy or girl? Fair enough. I mean, gender is a construct. It is, so really. Genevieve worked for either. Yeah. So, or all. For everybody. I should say. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah you fucking... <laughs> I can't believe you said either. You're cancelled, Anna. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, it was okay. No, I'm not going to try and defend myself. Oh, it's, there. Right. it's it's deeply ingrained cis normativity <laughs> that I have to work hard to resist and evolve from yes. every day. We're all, as we all do. We're all growing. We're all trying. Yeah. Um, you don't you don't sound like you're trying that hard. I, I'm honest. not the one who because you were the one that said boy or girl first. Well, okay, fine, fine. You're right. I don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's fair. But you know, being a saint or aspiring to be or whatever we're doing here step one acknowledging that you're a sinner anyway right that's true then so, we are we uh, have we all just... we're all made of of just foolishness shit, and shit actual and... shit yeah <laughs> that's what original sin says is that humans are pure garbage yeah and i'd say that's borne out by twitter and geopolitics sure sure um sure. so giovanni john don well not don at this point i guess started working as a shepherd and a little later on he also started receiving instruction from a priest and he was super interested. Just like, hey, go over there. Just like random instruction. <laughs> like, uh, stand Feed on one foot. 
<laughs> so he was really interested in um, the Bible and theology, as you would possibly expect. But he was forced to choose between studying and helping his family, and, you know, pulling his weight as a, a shepherd boy. What did he pick? So, well, he got a lot of pressure from Big Brother Tony, mm-hmm. um, telling him that he couldn't aspire to be a priest because that career path was the preserve of wealthy people at the time. Fair. And he was like, you're just a farmer like us, all you'll ever um, <laughs> I don't know if that's an exact... That feels like the point in the biopic where she's like, you're never going to be a priest. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you. I'm going to be the best priest there ever was. Well, he showed him because now he's a saint. So Yeah, and so is this kid. Um, wait, no, that was... <laughs> Oh no, that was Fishwife. That was Will <laughs> Oh yeah, Will right. Oh, I should never have brought that up. It's just going to confuse you. It is. <laughs> in 1825, when he was nine, so we've skipped forward a few more years. You'd be grateful. To- <laughs> don't, don't, you know what? When you point it out, it just slows the whole process down. And me pointing out, you pointing it out, is also slowing the process down. So let's just move it's on. It's beautiful. I mean, basically, Matthew, I haven't done any work for this, so I'm just trying to, you know, keep spinning the tail as as far as it can go. Okay. Um, that's not true. That's not true. I put a lot of effort in. Yeah. Only the best research goes into this. So, <laughs> when he was dying, Bosco had a series of dreams which would play an influential role in his outlook and work. Mm. We love a saintly dream. So, in his memoirs, he said these dreams left a profound impression on him for the rest of life. Did you have that dream, you know, where you show up to your flock of sheep and you forgot to put on pants and it's very embarrassing <laughs> and all the sheep laugh at you? And that was when he knew he shouldn't be a shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. No, he apparently saw a multitude of very poor boys who were playing and blaspheming. <laughs> okay, are we sure he was asleep? He wasn't just like looking out the window. I don't want to cast aspersions on Italian youth, but uh, <laughs> you spe- don't think that's very imaginary. Yeah, I mean, it's just it just feels like, if, especially if it was a, a very hard luck time, you know, mm. it feels like you just see a lot of poor boys in your in your day to day life, you know. Yeah, mm. I I think that's true. I think it was maybe more of a a premonition than a dream, possibly. <laughs> Is it a premonition of it's happening? Mm. <laughs> a daydream? I don't know. He, yeah. Well, anyway, he, the the multitude of I mean, multitude is is quite a a dream like word to describe a group. Mm. I think like because if there were so many, you wouldn't really be able to tell that they were blaspheming unless they were like chanting. <laughs> Dude, um, they were just like chanting. There's just... no god. <laughs> there's no god. That's that's oh. what I would blaspheme if I was a, a young ruffian. You'd just um, be in a group. Come on, guys, let's all get going. Come on. This is really going to piss off the man. (laughs) This is like we went to that Trump protest and all the nice British people were chanting shame on you every time somebody in a fancy car drove to go see where Trump was. And I was trying to get go fuck yourself going (laughs) and nobody was going along with go fuck yourself. It was just all shame on you. And I was like, shame on you is not strong enough. (laughs) I was a bit worried that because I was wearing that hat that you gave because we're friends. You won that hat. I could not give it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Yeah, so that hat that you gave me because we're friends, <laughs> which said well, it looked like a MAGA hat, but it said "What a joke." But yeah. I was a bit worried that, like, from a distance, people would see the hat and not read the words and think that I was a counter protester. So I was a little worried, but you know, very glad to have my my good friend with me <laughs> to make sure that crowds wouldn't turn on me. Uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> whatever fiction you want to write about that day. Uh, so... Talking of fiction, let's get back to this saint. He he saw a multitude of blaspheming boys who were playing and then a man appeared who was nobly attired with a manly and imposing bearing and the man said 
to John. You will have to win these friends of yours, not with blows, but with gentleness and kindness. So begin right now to show them that sin is ugly and virtue is beautiful. That was kind of like the the, the thing that spurred him to start his mission, really, from later in So, life. okay. So he was he's going to go out. So he's been lured make... by a manly men to go find <laughs> more boys. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Oh, my God. The proliferation of boys as well. It's great. You're going to love it. Oh, my God. So many more boys. Yeah. It's like a, a pyramid scheme for, <laughs> okay, for collecting boys. <laughs> Just strap in. It's going to be great. So when, when he was 10 years old... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've been doing this podcast for days. Uh, all right, go. All right, so now he's ten. Yeah, he was ten years old, and he went to the festive oratory, which I I don't know what that is. Um, the festive oratory. Yeah, that's just what it says, but it doesn't give any context. Um, <laughs> I feel like this. you're going to any of the oratories. The festive one sounds like the most fun. Yes, you know? definitely. Real party. The festive oratory. <laughs> it's. Don't want to go to that business oratory. So yeah, he went to the festive oratory when he was ten, and he started watching his class mate's attitude and mm. he he ended up being quite good at like reading people and he would end up refereeing <laughs> fight among his okay. classmates that's not good at reading people that's just good at organizing <laughs> <laughs> just telling who won <laughs> did they mean intellectual debates or like no i think like, actual they come to blows yeah and he i think he would like hold people back and stuff and um <laughs> the older boys like so even though he was 10 and peaceful the older boys were scared of him because he knew their strengths and weaknesses apparently okay. <laughs> so he would win that with like is... mind games maybe okay is this why he later became don bosco because yes. he <laughs> it's just so was like a weird machiavellian yeah manipulator who like could just prey on people's weaknesses and, and rose in power at the uh, festive school exactly and then also around that time he went to go and see a troop of trampling entertainers performing at a local feast in the nearby hill yeah um, the circus is in town yeah the circus is in town he watched them <laughs> and studied their tricks because he as as i mentioned likes reading people so he <laughs> studied the juggler's trick and the acrobat's secrets including tightrope walking okay um, so you didn't expect it to go this way did you no i did not i did not expect <laughs> to go from dream revelation yeah. to tightrope walking it was not the arc i was expecting for this scene. no but i think um, i handled it pretty deftly <laughs> yeah i was <laughs> he really kept me guessing there that was amazing hey. no wait so he he went in there and he was like watching the circus and he's like i can do that yeah basically is he still 10 yeah <laughs> oh, okay okay i mean i i assume so but um again not not the, the best chronology um, he's still school age let's say yeah yeah which you know is the best time to learn new tricks it is your brain's like sponge um so he was inspired and began to put on his own shows uh -huh. showing off his skills as a juggler magician and acrobat and then <laughs> was it was he using this as like a preaching tool he's like yeah. now this ball represents god and this <laughs> ball represents the sun and this third ball represents the holy ghost and you can see how i jungle them and yeah he would he, uh, i love that the trinity that's perfect uh, as juggling yeah you know <laughs> here comes pulling, the devil you think you're gonna pull rabbits out of a hat and actually it's just endless loaves and fishes just you know you know when you get that in the magic trick where there's like loads and loads of scarves yeah coming out of a hat, but it's, but just, it's just yeah just fish <laughs> brexit yeah. would love it um that was that's probably not going to be a topical reference by the time this comes out <laughs> no no um there'll be no britain by the time <laughs> yeah he actually he, he would pray he would hold prayers before and after the performances and it was mm. the start of what is now called gospel magic <laughs> 
Oh my god, this is a real thing. Yeah, there are there are magicians, um, Catholic magicians who do tricks, and they're like, "Do you know what the most amazing trick is? Mm. Rising from the dead." I assume, yeah. The <laughs> love of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Prepare to have your doubts sawed in half. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's that's pretty much it, I think. Yeah. So yeah, he he invented this method of preaching. I- <laughs> so that you know what i've seen a lot of like in america all kinds of religious groups are trying to proselytize to you and get you to join their various things and, and you get a lot of like youth groups and and lock-ins and like cool preachers with a guitar or like hey we're all gonna go to the roller rink you know but before we're gonna go pray and it's like what i was just promised a roller rink and <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually um i went to a church like that when i was a teenager as well and it yeah. was really weird because it was like it, it was very uncritical critical so it'd be like yeah we're just hanging out playing dodgeball it's so fun also gay burn hell it was like what yeah. hang on sorry <laughs> everyone it's time for hot dogs <laughs> it was it was actually yeah. like that so yeah this is but, the the start of that i guess but i've never experienced i've never heard of this i've never heard of anybody trying to use magic as a as a, as a vehicle to introduce interest kids in the lord like it just seems like such a <laughs> well yeah because like i mean obviously thing. like there were there are religious people who were like really anti-magic like people protested harry potter because it encouraged interest in the occult maybe yeah maybe it is maybe this is a particularly american thing like maybe other countries people are really into like the magic based sermon you know (laughs) i'll make you a balloon cross (laughs) yeah Yeah, but like in America, yeah, maybe it's that it's too close to witchcraft and they're they're like, it just doesn't fly there. Well, so it must be kind it. of, I always think it's kind of confusing because like when I was a nanny, I looked after a family of very religious kids who were also autistic and I was there when they learned that Father Christmas wasn't real and there was like <laughs> kids having meltdowns all over the place and it was really difficult. How many kids are we talking about? Like five and oh. <laughs> and the mum was like trying to explain like because uh, one of them was like does this mean Jesus and the Easter Bunny also don't exist? <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> like okay, no 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 okay, okay right. so this magic man n- fiction but this one who rose from the dead that's totally real and fact and you know bunny that delivers candy i don't know we're still on the fence (laughs) (laughs) yes by you were there when they found out do you mean you accidentally said it doesn't exist (laughs) no i one of the kids came home from school and was like someone told me father christmas doesn't exist and then one of the other what and then yeah just all drama from there but it all went to shit yeah (laughs) okay so he was using magic to convert heathens yeah and the money he needed to prepare these shows he made by selling birds that he hunted so just normal kid stuff okay i mean okay <laughs> so he would... were birds part of the act too or he, i assume he's and now it's dead death, right? yeah i <laughs> fly but... yeah but presumably he didn't hunt them just like you know break their leg with a catapult and then sell them as pets i think he was selling <laughs> like their leg with a cat do you even know how hunting works <laughs> he could have easily set up like a trap to catch them in a cage that's how do you think they get live birds like how do you think people get live I, birds? i'm basically i don't i'm just assuming that these are dead birds all right all right let's just assume that <laughs> so he's selling dead birds yeah to, to fund his magic show. i mean i think you know he he could be an inspiration for us maybe this is how we should fund the podcast <laughs> okay so then what happens <laughs> <laughs> so when he was 12 another two years <laughs> 
Okay. Um, when he was 12, he left home to look for work on another farm since the quarrels with his older brother became unbearable. We've all been there. Right. Having to face life by himself at such a young age may have been responsible for his later sympathies towards aban- abandoned children. Uh, although okay. obviously he wasn't actually abandoned, but he, he was like, you know, you can imagine he probably had a pretty hard time at that point. Who knows if he was able to take his hunting equipment with him. Oh, he wasn't allowed? No, I'm saying who knows. Oh, okay. If, we, if we're going to speculate, if he had a hard time about. his catapult he how would he get along without his catapult <laughs> after begging for work unsuccessfully for a while he mm-hmm. ended up at the wine farm of a man called louis moglia i yeah. don't know why this biography names him because it never mentions him again <laughs> also why do they call it a wine y- wine farm and not a vineyard that's a good point maybe it's maybe a catholic <laughs> there's a word for a wine farm it's vineyard <laughs> I don't know. I quite um, like wine farm. <laughs> <laughs> wine farm feels like a real American phrase. Like, yeah, I'll work down on the wine farm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think I'm a wine still. <laughs> Wine farm. Um, so I planted these bottles back in the spring. I ain't seen one bit of wine come up. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna go harvest from the cigarette tree. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so he's on the wine farm. Oh god. And he was able to study a little bit around his work, but he couldn't commit to that much because they were long days. Um okay. and then in eighteen thirty, which is when he was fifteen. Fifteen, so, yeah. <laughs> forward three years later, um he met Joseph Cafasso, who mm-hmm. was a young priest. Who... You say it right. Joseph Cafasso. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this, this priest identified natural talent in John and supported him in getting a theological essay. Yeah, I'll start again. Say, this guy can see other people's weaknesses and he knows sleight of hand. <laughs> Sounds like you've got a future in the clergy, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, yes, uh, he finally basically found a mentor to support his theological education. And five years later, I guess in the meantime, he was still shepherding grapes and doing a bit of study on the side. In 1835, he entered the seminary at Chieri next to the Church of the Immaculata Concezione. I couldn't not say that like that because it's so unnatural to say that many vowels like in in my accent. Uh. Immaculata, it doesn't make sense. Um, So the Church of the Immaculate Conception. We'll just call it the Mac and Cheese Church. (laughs) So <laughs> that's my understanding of how Mary got pregnant, who yeah, just ate yeah. a load of mac and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to love this next bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> While he was training to become a priest, John used to mm-hmm. baffle his fellow students by doing magic tricks. Yeah. <laughs> including making Legend. a. Legend. <laughs> including making a plate of steaming pasta disappear in one house and reappear in another. I think. In a, wait, in a house? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, he wouldn't just be like, all right, I'm going to make this pasta disappear. And now it's in my belly. (laughs) Don't look. (laughs) Um, Um, He could apparently make red or white wine flow from the same bottle at will. So like switching between between coming out of bottles. That's that's just a trick bottle. I mean, I feel if you're if you're like... (laughs) I mean, he's well he's done. Just like, you got him. <laughs> you see yeah, I mean, it's like he's, 
He's one of a credit card magician, right? Just buying tricks. It's not very impressive. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Trick Boss, maybe at least he would have to have made it himself. Because right? I don't think they had joke shops in rural Turin in the 19th century. Are you kidding me? That's where the joke shop comes from. <laughs> it's like, it's a classic <laughs> Well, Italian, you got the Turin like... shroud, which like, yeah. you, you disappear thing from. And then that's, yeah, it started a whole industry. You know, they invented the, the, the lapel flower that squirt. That's a turn. <laughs> that came from Turin. That was called the Turin flower. They always called it that, you know. This is fact. Anyways. It is known. It's fact. Um, yeah. He could also mm-hmm. produce two dozen eggs from somebody's pocket. Now, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of eggs. <laughs> But there was only one dozen eggs in my pocket. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, so that that was you know how he built his reputation as a, a trickster, I suppose. <laughs> miracle worker yeah <laughs> i love it jesus cures blindness heals the paralyzed rises from the dead this guy though tw- 24 eggs that, that's a huge omelet to be fair red and white wine out of the same bottle come on <laughs> i hope none of these actually count as his miracles later on when it comes to begin <laughs> because it's a real low level for a miracle but yeah i get the impression though that like as the saint become more contemporary there's less of an emphasis Boo. and more just on like their life so uh, as in like leading a good okay life. well because his life really isn't cutting it right now <laughs> <laughs> that's true okay so all he's done he's been poor he farmed wine and now he's at theological college doing magic right. tricks okay yeah then after six years of study he was ordained a priest on the eve of trinity sunday by archbishop mm. franzoni of turin i thought that was going to be more exciting fair <clears throat> it wasn't <laughs> fair um his first job as a priest was as a chaplain of the refugio refuge a girls boarding school founded in Turin by the Marchioness Giulia de Barolo. Wait, she was a Martian? <laughs> <laughs> no, a lady Martian. Uh, oh, a no, lady Martian. It's wow. the female version of a Marquis. Oh, a Marquis. Yes. No, yeah. that's, Wait, that's is that? like No, is it Marquis or Marquis? Marquis? I think it's Marquis. That's no, we... that's how I learned it in like Marquis. Shakespeare stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think you're right. It was like Marquis of Queen. Oh, I get that now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or the, the Marquis de Sade. Actually, that probably oh. was Marquis. That's the Marquis. That's yeah. the Marquis Decide. Yeah, okay, yeah. Fair. So it's a French. Mm. Well, anyways, some it's, stupid It's royalty. an anglicization thing, isn't it? Where does the marquee fall in terms of like barons and earls? Is it above a baron or below, you think? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, it's lower than saint, that's for sure. Yeah, well, this is outside of our purview as a saint based yeah. podcast. So we should move on. <laughs> We've got to stick to what we are clearly experts in. <laughs> yeah, what we know about, which is <laughs> not this. Not hermits. <laughs> or magic, but... His other ministries included visiting prisoners, teaching catechism, and helping out at many country parishes. But when he went to visit prisons, he was disturbed to see so many boys aged 12 to 18 in the prison, Um, which is kind of fair. He was determined to find means to prevent them from ending up in prison. So he just started breaking them out of jail. (laughs) He used his magic skills (laughs) (laughs) to pick locks and scale walls. And and then when the guards were on him, he's like, smoke bomb. They were just like, they woke up just buried in eggs. (laughs) Where did all these eggs come from? The guards are running at him. He's just, egg, 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 egg. You can't stop me. 
<laughs> and then, you know, his gets them with his bird slingshot. Yeah, it's called a catapult. You know. <laughs> Sorry. He decided it was necessary to try a new approach and he began to go and meet boys where they were to try and like, you know, as a preventative measure for getting them away from potential life of crime and destitution, I suppose. Okay. Really. Good for him. So, so he would be going to, to young children at their places of work, presumably coal mines or factories Stone or cutting, abattoirs, paving, yeah, just, you know, plastering, masonry. Just wherever boys are. Yeah, where young kids hang out. I mean, you know, he'd been, he, it makes the wine farm seem like finishing school or something when you when yeah. realize that. So his, his mission sort of became uh, known as an oratorio. And and then he got really fat, and they called him a double stuffed Oratorio. <laughs> oh, nice. Anyways, <laughs> it wasn't simply a charitable institution; it took over his whole life and became his permanent occupation. He would start to look mm. for jobs for the unemployed, and he tried to find accommodation for kids who were homeless while working as well. So the the idea of being completely destitute while having at least one job is nothing new, sadly. Yeah, the working poor. It's like <laughs> that was never a problem again. <laughs> End of he, he solved it. That's why he's a saint. He tried to accommodate them in his own home but the first time he did that, the boys stole the blanket. Um, and the second time, they <laughs> emptied out the hayloft. So if oh you're going to try and provide lodgings for boys, make sure you keep your hay locked up. Everyone knows that. That's like sheltering <laughs> boys 101. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like stealing blankets, I'm like, I guess I'm not mad somebody for stealing blankets yeah. because I feel like that's a real... like, it's like you know, one of the basic blankets. necessities, yeah. What'd they do with the hay? <laughs> They didn't eat it, did they? I mean, <laughs> they they sold it to people to look like like traditional farmers with one one strand hanging out of their mouth. Oh yeah, <laughs> like all my farmers' costumes need a single piece of hay that people can put in their mouth. Genius! <laughs> I know, I know exactly where to get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know some kids who've got quite a supply. I've got the hookup. Also, you need a blanket? <laughs> I'm here for you. This is, uh, how about some eggs? <laughs> <laughs> eggs, eggs, eggs. That should be. Just like, this guy's got a coat. If you reach in the pocket, just endless. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've really gotten off base with everything. So. <laughs> well, basically, he was a priest and he set up some orders of the church and it's kind of boring. So <laughs> we got to do what we can. And so wait, listen, so when life gives you eggs, make lemonade. Okay? <laughs> make eggonade. Um, <laughs> I squeezed all these eggs. <laughs> eggonade. So what you're saying, if you came across like two young moppets with like a little a little stand on the sidewalk, and they were just like, buy some of our eggonade, ma'am. It's only 25 cents. I'd be like, why is there hay in this? <laughs> yeah. There are so many shells in here. Can you at least get the shells That's out? That's what eggonade It's It's too add crunch yeah it's not egg and egg without the crunch <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> i'm dying here <coughs> Oh man, I hope I hope listeners get as much joy from this as we do, but I feel like it's doomed. They couldn't they never possibly. Will. This this must be what doing improv feels like. <laughs> it, yeah, it's yeah. It improv is a ton of yeah. fun to do. Awful. To I watch. don't blame anybody for wanting to do improv. I don't know who the madmen who go to watch. I don't know what kind of insane yeah. 
people go to watch it but um maybe maybe the audience is all people who auditioned but didn't get in because people maybe people love yeah, like making the suggestions don't they they do the only improv troupe that i was in they had some real hardcore followers <laughs> and like just people who just came to almost every every show and they just really loved it they just was like oh we just love this in fact you know in the spirit of don bosco that that yeah. would probably be a rich theme for evangelizing wouldn't it because like improv fans are like cult-like already <laughs> that's so fair like, yeah uh can i get a can i get a suggestion for a mortal sin that would fit in this space <laughs> I don't even remember where the <laughs> fuck we were. He, the boys so he started an orphanage. Stole from the hayloft. Yeah, he tried to start an orphanage, but they ransacked it for hay. But he didn't give okay. up. In 1847, he started renting rooms in the slums of Valdocco. Okay. Presumably because <laughs> it was cheap. He clearly had a nose for real estate. And at that time, he was living with his mum, who okay. started helping with the work of taking in orphans. And she became known as Mama Margarita. So she was like a mother to <laughs> all the boys because... Mm. In Catholic teaching, a family has to have a mummy and a daddy. Um, Fair. And, you know, Wait, does there that can mean be no the deviations. She's, she's the mum. But then if she's the mom and he's the dad, that means he's his own grandpa. That was one of his miracles. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm impressed. Right, anyway, so yeah. in 1852, there were 36 boys. Two years okay. later, in 1854... There were 12. We don't know what happened. <laughs> there were 115. Oh, my Six God. Six years later. <laughs> oh, my God. Back down to 36. Don't know what happened. <laughs> Six years later, in 1860, there were 470. Oh, my God. That has to be all the orphans in Italy, right? And then right? one like, year later than that, there were 600. <laughs> why? Can I ask why you're tickled so pink about the sheer numbers of orphans? That is, can I remind you of the definition of orphans? It is small children whose parents have died. I just, I think in the, the image in my mind is like, it's like with the eggs. It's like they just kept <laughs> proliferating. <laughs> orphans, 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 orphans. There were just too many. Yes, okay. I was not paying due respect to the fact that they were kids with dead parents. And that is a lot of kids yeah. with dead parents, and that's very sad. But is it possible if they were kind of of a crimey kind of persuasion, is it possible that they weren't all orphans and they just were, you know, attracted to go and live in free court with a guy Maybe. who gave out free omelette? I think they were just like street urchins. Yeah. I think this is a kind of, is this like an Oliver situation where he was teaching <laughs> them to be pickpockets? And... <laughs> yeah the sleight of hand it makes total sense <laughs> yeah i was gonna say or just magicians which i think i'd prefer if they were all picked by <laughs> don bosco school of magic <laughs> <laughs> oh i got a i got a book from don bosco school of magic <laughs> i cut out a coupon from the back of a comic book you know. <laughs> It's like a really shit version of your Hogwarts letter. Yeah. <laughs> your coupon for Don Bosco's School of Magic. It's a Don Bosco School of Magic. Hey, it's a 600 children. They all live in one building. <laughs> they each have three eggs. <laughs> yeah. Learn classic tricks like the endless egg trick. <laughs> uh, the maximum number sometime later, I'm not sure when, is 800 boys. <laughs> Wait, all they were all just boys? Yeah. Oh, so if you were a girl, it's like you can just fucking die in a gutter. Yeah. <laughs> 
basically. No, actually, mm. um, there was. So this was the start of his like setting up the the, the Catholic order that he made. And sometime later, he I'll, I'll just skip ahead to get back. He worked with someone called Mary Mazzarello. Mm. Did she later become a saint? She did. Oh, good. Her feast day is doing... May the thirteenth. Oh. So keep an eye out for that. <laughs> well, it's not a Sunday, so oh, stay tuned sorry. for don't. several years, and you might get to hear about her. So yeah, that was that was part of his work, I guess. But he didn't want to be directly involved in that side because girls are gross. They they bleed and have emotions and stuff, right? They probably wouldn't be Who taken in by these magic tricks. They'd be like, "You got twenty four eggs. I've got millions, and I've had them since I was born." <laughs> you know, you don't have millions of eggs. No I think you one. do. No, you don't. How many do you have? <laughs> Thousands. I guess if you release one every year, but you, I guess you never get rid of all <laughs> Wait, of no, them. You, le- you release one every Google month. This. Yes. <laughs> Wait, have you not? You really need to look at your own That's reproductive why when system. That's when I'm on my period, I can't do anything because it's it just yeah. all got a whole year's worth. How many eggs? Oh my god! Do don't, women on, this is not have. this is not within our our charter either. Can we? Just <laughs> yeah, but I feel like our listeners want to know this. Three hundred thousand. No, wait. At birth, there are approximately one million eggs, and by what? the but by the time of puberty, only about three hundred thousand remain. But right. but but puberty is when you start getting rid of them, isn't it? Maybe they just kind of. Uh, fall out and on their own okay a lot of spoilage with eggs <laughs> that's what people don't tell you about you know just eggs in general i mean that's that's why the egg and aid <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's why egg and egg never, didn't t- never took off right yeah because you're right because it goes bad really fast and you know that's why you got to get it fresh you can't get that bottled egg and egg oh my god we should uh, you know merchandising for the podcast we should make a delicious drink called egg and aid but yeah M- matt and anna's egg and aid and on the label it's a picture of us but we're also eggs <laughs> That'd be super fun. I feel like you're going to have fun with Photoshop on that. He moved the oratory around for a number of years, trying to find a permanent home. Mm -hmm. For two months, they were based in the church of St. Martin, but the entire neighborhood expressed its annoyance with the noise coming from the boys who were were playing. Um, They just knock on the doors like... Hey, um, <laughs> it sounds like you have six to eight hundred boys in there. <laughs> can you keep it down a bit? Because I mean, like, I can't, I can't like, imagine you have that many boys, but it kind of sounds like six to eight hundred boys. <laughs> they'd be like, Mamma Mia, last time I looked, there were only four hundred. But, you know, too much magic. Time to put some of those in a, in a booth and make them disappear, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, eh, come on, they're orphans. It's a victimless crime. <laughs> yeah, a formal complaint was lodged against them. And rumours also circulated that the meetings conducted by the priests with his boys were dangerous. But not for the reason that you think, Matt. <laughs> because they were magic? Because <laughs> he put them in a box and then he put a bunch of swords in the box? And he's like, no, no, no. That no, is pretty dangerous. It just looks dangerous, but it's just a trick. No, the, uh, the, th- the fear was that their recreation could be turned into a revolution against the government. Um, <laughs> so they Man, were evicted. if only. Yeah. Not enough. <laughs> you know, can I just say, not enough people have child armies in revolution against the government. <laughs> I just want to say... <laughs> I, I no wait no wait true. i take that back too many people have child armies <laughs> <laughs> um one is too many <laughs> i think so so he didn't he, but he didn't shy away from these difficult negotiations wait where the negotiations were like look let me keep 300 boys <laughs> You like can... uh, we can't go higher than a hundred. Look, look, let's meet in the middle. Here. Like two, two fifty, two fifty. Come on, <laughs> work with me here. Come on. Look, I promise, I don't care what happens to the rest. Let me just give you the two hundred bet. <laughs> um, it's so he he started as a wine farmer and now he's a boy farmer. Except <laughs> they don't they don't really propagate in the same way. No, he he negotiated contracts for the boys to become apprentices, 
And oh, by creating these contracts, he was protecting them from potential employers because at the time there was a lot of exploitation of working children. So these contracts required that any corrections made in the boys' behaviour could only be verbal rather than by beating them. So that's pretty good. Feels progressive for a mid-19th century. Yeah, I mean, back in England, we were still shoving kids up the chimneys and I think the mm-hmm. cane was there until like 19-some-50s. So yeah, he made them contractually obliged not to hit their miniature employee, which is good. I wonder yeah. if they were allowed to hit adult employee. Hmm. Let's let's hope that Amazon never hits the podcast. It might give them ideas. <laughs> I feel like, you know, number one, you shouldn't have to put not hitting people in the <laughs> Number two... If it's there, you'd be reading that contract and be like, why? Why is this here? <laughs> he also managed to negotiate them days off on feast days and Ooh. an annual holiday. Um, See, that's a, that's a sk- on feast days because every day is a feast day for a different thing. Yes. So. I think maybe <laughs> it was never only on their name day, maybe. Oh, okay. Just the big feast day. <laughs> yeah. But to do this, he had to persevere in the face of a lot of adversity, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this led lots of people to the conclusion that he was insane. <laughs> you don't <laughs> want to right. What a madman. <laughs> yeah. And someone even tried to get him fined in an asylum. <laughs> What's your reason for this section? Eight? Well, he just doesn't want to hit boys. Like, he's got 800 yeah. of them and he doesn't want to hit them. Like, must be insane. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, you see that kid over there? It's like, yeah, but you want to smack him, don't you? Yeah, of course I do. He's a young boy. Why wouldn't I smack him? <laughs> <laughs> What's he going to do? Hit me back? <laughs> it's like, all right, well, here's the thing about John Giovanni. He said, uh, he says he doesn't want you to hit those boys. Like, <laughs> what? Put him in an asylum. Pretty much. Several attempts were made on his life, including a near stabbing, a bludgeoning, and a shooting. <laughs> Wait, what was it a near stabbing, a near bludgeoning, and a near shooting, or just the stabbing was near? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I can only imagine that the they were all near because right. I feel like if you successfully pulled off a shooting in those times, like you, you get one go, you know. But yeah, I feel like the bludgeoning is the one you're not coming back from. <laughs> I feel like if you're bludgeoning, yeah. you're just, uh, um, just like a pile of ground meat after that. I, I wish that I had more on that and could tell you, but unfortunately... Right. So, several assassination attempts. Yeah, including by right. bludgeoning. Maybe that's it. Maybe their idea of a bludgeon, because it sounds like these people who were not who were trying to confound his work were not the smartest you know people so mm. maybe they they thought they had a bludgeon but in fact they had a stick yeah that's the powers that be do hate a labor organizer if that's one thing that history's taught us <laughs> <laughs> so his work creating orphanages finding work for these kids he started to organize it into a religious order which became known yeah. as the congregation of St. Francis de Sales now known as the Salesians okay and Francis de Sales his philosophy was spreading the message of Jesus through a gentle approach with an emphasis on love and kindness rather than fire and brimstone. So that okay. that was like the, the, the kind of driving ethos of this order. And he divided it into priests, seminarians, and coadjutors <laughs> who were like lay brothers. Um, oh, okay. They were just lazy. <laughs> they, they were like, you know, not yet, not not quite enough work to actually be priests. Right. So, yeah, he dedicated the rest of his life basically to nurturing and teaching abandoned boys. Boring. And training them to be priests and carrying on the work of the order. Uh, he died right. on this day, 31st January 1888, at the age of 72. Yeah. He was beatified <laughs> in 1929 and canonized in 1934, both by mm. Pope Pius XI, who knew 
knew him. So <clears throat> I couldn't find much about miracles, but I reckon being friends with the Pope probably helps. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like that's like, ah, my buddy, Don, just give him a thing. <laughs> he was a nice guy. Well, I guess surviving a bludgeoning pretty much. Right. Um, that is, yeah. That's what I'm saying. He just... he had uh, like a few more um, premonitory dreams, I guess. Mm-hmm. So in 1854, in the when the Kingdom of Sardinia was about to pass a law suppressing monastic orders. What? <laughs> Why? Well, I, I mean, clearly <laughs> gathering lots of boys was threatening revolution, right? So they were like, "Well, just take right, away their right, meeting place." True. So. Yeah. Um, but just yeah, I guess it's just the idea of, of banning monks is just like oh these monks. Yeah. What with they're just sitting in there, <laughs> just praying and doing nothing. In their monasteries all day and not not really bothering anybody. <laughs> I guess you know maybe maybe in nineteenth century Italy monks were the the same as like immigrants in Britain today. Like they don't actually you know harm anyone and actually do a lot of good. But there's a a myth that they're a, a scourge. The word you're looking for is scapegoat. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> being scapegoated yeah. there was a scapegoat of like the, day. the reason you don't have a job is these monks yeah, are stealing exactly. your job <laughs> coming over here building their monastery um, yeah. so yeah uh, so the kingdom of Sardinia was going to pass a law to basically scupper Bosco's mission um, and he oh. reported a series of dreams about great funerals at court referring to politicians or members of Ooh, the court that's <laughs> this is just a fancy way of, of saying he made a death yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a holy one because it came in a dream, right? Uh, he said, "It's like ah, it's a shame. I see past this law. I see maybe uh, <laughs> some funerals uh, in the future. I don't know. I, I got this. I got this strange vision." So he sent a letter to King Victor Emmanuel II, admonishing him to oppose the confiscation of church property and suppression of orders. But the king failed to respond. Wait, what? So the king failed to respond. His actions, as it's written, I don't know if that's referring to the king or to John Bosco. Because okay. this sentence says, his actions, which had been described by Italian historians as having manifest blackmailing intentions. So I, <laughs> I feel like that that could be either side, I guess. Um, I see. That's what I'm saying. He's he's making a, he's blackmailing yeah. them by threatening their lives. Um, but it ended only after the intervention of the prime minister Camillo Benso, mm. who was Count of Cavour. Um, the king's <laughs> family suffered a number of deaths in a short period. So this blackmailing <laughs> seems to have come true from january to may 1855 the king's mother age 54 his wife age 32 newborn son and only brother all died mm. i'm guessing they weren't obviously murdered and it was like they died of illness and the fact that it all happened within a few months i feel like it's pretty clear they they, they died of divine retribution yeah, i think I feel like that's yeah they died of. it's like a modern day pharaoh moses sort of situation right, right. so yeah i guess that could be interpreted as a miracle mm. is murder a miracle i feel like it doesn't <laughs> count as a miracle if you murder somebody with your miracle well you say that but a lot of the old testament is god doing genocides isn't it i suppose so but i don't think there's any saints from the old testament true true uh, anyways yeah bosco had another dream that i thought was kind of interesting it's kind of racist mm -hmm. um so obviously I found it interesting. No, it, well, it's in like... It's kind of the opposite of Martin Luther King's dream. It's just like, <laughs> I see little white children and little black children not playing together. <laughs> no eggs for those kids. Yeah. 
No, um, it's you gotta keep a, the white eggs and the brown eggs separate. Uh, it's more of a, like a <laughs> colonialist sort of race, so I don't feel oh, so okay. bad for for being mean about Italian um, anymore. Because <laughs> there's his Salesian order, as I said, is now established all around the world, and the first Salesians departed for Argentina in 1875, uh-huh. and Bosco w- also wanted to be a missionary, and he was really interested in to Argentina as well. And his his mentor Joseph Cafasso was right. opposed to the idea, but like when he was founding the the society, the idea of going on mission obsessed Bosco. He really wanted to, to go traveling, basically. Right. <laughs> Paid vacation, yeah, I get it. exactly. <laughs> but there were no finances, so presumably he was putting his money into uh, looking after eight boys. I mean, we've yeah, seen like, cheaper by the dozen like, I mean, that film, right? It's like it, oh. it times that by another, like you know, fifty or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I I guess you do get into certain economies of scale <laughs> when you go up to eight hundred boys. But then I feel like you know the blanket yeah, budget alone. I was going to say that much hay. what you're losing in hay. <laughs> yeah. That really starts to add up yeah, after a while. So his attempt to justify going for, for some travel, he claimed he had a dream where he was on a vast plain <laughs> inhabited by, as in like field. Not I know, I know. <laughs> it's like I had a dream about, he's a little <laughs> bird and it flies in the sky. And it is full of boys. <laughs> and they give, you a, they give you a meal, it's on a little plastic tray and they give you a little tiny fork and a little... <laughs> <laughs> Omelette is actually quite popular aeroplane food, isn't it? Is it? I've never had an omelette. What? Why? No. I guess it's... Ew. Why would you eat an omelette on a... Because it, it's that like, like the worst like thing to eat on a plane. I don't know. It can be easily done like on a large scale. I don't know. But I mean, like it wouldn't be fresh. Like, so they would like cook an omelette and then refrigerate it and then give you a cold no, omelette? No, they, they, heat, they heat the food up. Like... I guess so, but I don't know. It seems like a bad thing. I wouldn't... Can you... Who's reheating eggs? I just don't feel like you should be reheating <laughs> okay. eggs. Don't reheat eggs out there, people. Feels like a bad idea. Uh, I guess. I guess you can reheat. I don't know. Things if you have any, we're getting really sidetracked here. Yeah. Anyway, we'll but listen, we're getting right. sidetracked. But if you have any good ideas about reheating eggs, please send them to Ain't Misbehaven. Wait, no, not Ain't Misbehaven. No, Saint Misbehaven at gmail.com. No and there's no G in Behaven, <laughs> but there is a G in G. <laughs> It's all one word. Anyways. So yeah, he claimed he had another dream where he was on a vast plane inhabited by primitive people who spent Oof. yeah, who spent Oof. their time hunting or fighting among themselves or fighting against soldiers in European uniform. In this dream, along came a band of missionaries, but they were all massacred. Yay! <laughs> that, that dream had a happy ending. A second group <laughs> appeared, which Bosco at once recognized in his dream as Salesian. And oh. he witnessed an unexpected change when the savages laid down their arms i'm i'm quoting the word savages here obviously. they say savage we're not saying yeah. savages just for the record we're not saying savages. i i thought that was implicit There's... but yes yeah okay i just i feel like it's still worth saying i i feel like we can never be too careful with expressing i feel like you just you can't denounce racism enough time yeah that's fair um it's the official position of this podcast that racism is bad and should be stopped good yeah so <laughs> official i love it um... i'm just gonna drop that right at the beginning of the episode <laughs> Right after Despite what you may have heard throughout the episode, (laughs) we want you to know we don't support racism or stereotype. This is, again, not our topic. Our topic is saints. Yes. (laughs) The fierce so-called savages laid down their arms and listened to the missionaries, which seems pretty miraculous because how the hell would they have spoken the same language? That's a good point. (laughs) Maybe the Salesians had bothered to learn the native language. I doubt it. Oh, oh, this is what you wanted. This dream made a great impression 
on Bosco because he spent some years collecting information, trying to identify the native people that he'd seen in his dream. When the order got a request to do missionary work in Argentina, he started researching the Indians of Patagonia and mm. became convinced that those people were the ones he'd seen in his um, well, you've got native people, you've got a big plane. Yeah, the two things add up. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, he would have thought that all brown people look the same, right? So, yeah, um, yeah that, that would have made sense. But I don't believe he did ever go south. Oh. time. Can you guess what John's patrons are? Well, I'm going to guess he was the patron of Hayless Boys. <laughs> he was the patron of wine farms. <laughs> Is he the patron saint of magicians? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But only as of like 2005 or something. Wait, so they just added magicians to his patronage? Yeah. Um... See, this is the this is the thing with these late added patronages is I wonder if there are people writing into the Vatican. They're like, dear Vatican, I'm a magician and I was hoping to get divine intervention for my magic act. This literally. <laughs> is there a saint I can? That literally happened. And really? Yeah, well, so there was this magician priest, obviously. <laughs> of course, yes. Which is a common <laughs> thing that I apparently was completely unaware of yeah. until this day. Well, I'm I'm glad you've learned something from this because I, I I was fairly sure that all everything I had to say was total garbage. So we've learned that there are priest magicians, uh -huh. and that's that's fun. <laughs> Okay. That, that we can now claim that this is an educational podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's a there's a whole article. In, in fact, the article about the priest who was petitioning to have a patron saint of magicians, that that article was where I found out about a lot of the magic tricks that Bosco did. Huh. So okay. without this petitioning guy, we wouldn't have known about all the eggs. The great priestini. <laughs> <laughs> No. Escaping for oh, <laughs> was no, it Pope they... Francis? I like the idea of the Pope taking off his big old Pope hat and being like, "Oh, what's <laughs> in... another <laughs> hat." <laughs> no, um, no, he's, he's it from was, Argentina. Um, and the wizard priest was called John uh, Don Silvio. <laughs> Wait, they call him a wizard priest? <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Or did you just call him a wizard priest? I just called him a wizard priest. Because <laughs> wizard priest sounds like um, <laughs> like a D and D character class, <laughs> like. Uh, yeah, he was a Salesian, actually. Okay. And is wait is like sleight of hand one of the core tenets Salesian or <laughs> <laughs> is, like, is like helping out young boys, spreading the gospel, also close up magic. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe it's yeah part of their training. So, That's hilarious. Yeah, so this guy also does tricks in. Hey, is there like a clown based order of monks too? <laughs> I think this is. Oh, I see. Uh, they probably combine it just into oh, okay into silly just fun because. Yeah. There was actually a magician math around this time. Um, and uh, apparently there were priests who were ventriloquists, <laughs> trick cyclists, <laughs> jugglers and fire eaters. Um, so... <laughs> Oh, just a bunch of carny priests. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we had our first proper poor saint, so carny priest is obviously the, the next logical step. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, so yes, he is the patron saint of magicians. Juvenile delinquents as well, I guess anti, although... Yeah, like, so you'd pray to be a better, not to be a better juvenile delinquent. I guess you, you'd like... pray to not be delinquent, but still pr presumably be juvenile. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> young people, like, same thing, I guess. Right, School yeah, children, Christian apprentices, yeah. but not any other oh. kind. <laughs> Wait, 
right? So, so a Christian apprentice would be like, the trade I'm trying to learn is Christianity. <laughs> hey, it's a very profitable industry, to be fair. They're putting in a lot of unpaid work here. Yeah. Mm. First, you get a, a Christianity internship. Yeah. <laughs> Editors and publishers, apparently. Editors? Why? Well, he wrote a lot of books. Okay. How many is a lot? Do we have a number? Over 70. And that was just from me counting oh. a list because nowhere actually wrote the number. So I counted. <laughs> the real Stephen King over here. <laughs> <laughs> so he wrote over 70 books a lot of which were about expounding his ideas about his teaching method that became known as the Salesian preventive system so this is the whole thing of you know bringing people up with love rather than punishment how many of them were just magic manuals like <laughs> well Don Bosco's it seems like guide this was a different kind of sideline because the titles included the loveliest flower of the apostolic college <laughs> <Okay>. Angelina <laughs> or the little orphan girl of Apennines I'm sorry are these all like erotic <laughs> novels <laughs> <laughs> quite possibly because the next one is Massimino or the encounter of a boy with a protestant <laughs> oh my god Ooh. Uh, and then the life of St Pancras which presumably not a history of train station yeah. <laughs> was it a, a history of how to get to Europe by train there we go and, that's, that's much yeah. better well done <laughs> he's also the patron saint of Brasilia because he supposedly had a prophecy where he foresaw an extraordinary new civilization which would flourish in central Brazil. Uh, so he, but he'd never been to any part of South America. He just America. really bloody wanted to go on a gap year and they wouldn't let him, so he had all these Yeah, dreams. exactly. <laughs> Listen, guys, I've done a lot of work here. Can I just take one trip to South America? Please. Come on. <laughs> Look how many boys I've helped. If I get to 900, can I go? It's funny that he's the patron saint of Brasilia. Brasilia is like the biggest artificial city ever built, I think. Mm. Mm, or the, was at the time like magic one fact about brasilia when they built it in the city in the 60s they made it shaped like a jet because they thought jets were really cool anyways <laughs> nice um so clearly they you know when they dreamed of a big plane hey yeah. hey that's true wow it's all coming together <laughs> I couldn't have done this better if I'd planned it. I did. Plan. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he has some relics. Okay. So the the site of his first home for boys uh -huh. became where they built the Basilica of Our Lady Help of Christians, which also, I didn't get to this, but that's the name. Wait, of the... Our Lady Help of Christians? Yeah. That... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it should be Our Lady, Help of Christians, as in okay. it's Mary and she helped. Seems like, why is Mary getting all the credit for this work that this guy did? <laughs> well, to be fair, it's about time a woman got credit for a man's work rather than the other way around. <laughs> but this was his work. He did the work. <laughs> so, like, I get that a lot of women, like, their work goes un unappreciated. Like, I don't appreciate any of your work. But, right. you know, that, but, like, clear. but he did the work. <laughs> well, I think, I think, no, I think we're redressing the balance here. Uh, no, that was, Very. so that was the, also the name of the girl version of the lead that he helped set up with, oh, with okay. old Mazzarello. <laughs> they weren't just called the, the girl Salesians? <laughs> <laughs> the Salesianesses! <laughs> the Salesianette. <laughs> so this basilica in Turin was built on site of his first home boys and his remains are contained there. <laughs> and all those boys were kicked out of that home. Build <laughs> we're building a church, fuck off. <laughs> uh, You've done such great work, we're gonna undo all your work and build a <laughs> monument to it. Pretty much. Well, they were all priests at that point anyway, right? So they were just making them more jobs. So he's his remains are there, along with the relics of six thousand or so other saints. I don't know where 6, they came 000? from. 
Yeah. Wow. Good news for us. There's a there's a fair number of saints. Yeah, so that's true. So we could true. do this show for oh, years. Jesus. <laughs> and there are pilgrimages to the church. So I guess you can assume that there were some miracles there, maybe. Because mm-hmm. that's, you know, what was happening. They're mainly pilgrimages by magicians. <laughs> <laughs> You're joking, right? <laughs> Apparently, I don't know if this is all the time, but at certain times outside this church, you'll see crowds of hundreds of people dressed as clowns and magicians performing in the forecourt of the church juggling doing sleight of hand tricks or walking on stilts okay now i'm into this now i get why people pilgrimage there it's like they pilgrim to the the edinburgh festival yes it's like oh there's just a lot of yes, entertainment there you know it's <laughs> the the edinburgh festival of catholicism of, of northern italy and also very specific yes. catholicism we should go I mean, there it, i think it, it would be a good development for the podcast if me and you just go we can expense it <laughs> to who what and well, it just <laughs> means expense- it'll be tax deductible right yeah and yeah go and go and do maybe a live episode from from the the circus church oh is it shaped like a big tent oh that would be great i think it's probably still shaped like Like a regular church um i do feel like this is a good place to do a pilgrimage because you you get six thousand saints there so you're knocking a lot of saints off yes all with one trip it's like when people want to go and visit all of the states and state they go to the four corners region being you can knock out four right there yeah it's the same thing um just go to new england where they're real small you can go from one to the other <laughs> real easy so yeah that's that's pretty much him the Salesians continue to operate worldwide yeah. uh, that in... sounds ominous when you say it like that yeah well <laughs> the Salesians are still at large <laughs> <laughs> well they sadly a number of their school churches have been at the center of child sex scans. so <laughs> no yeah. I feel like we don't need to say that again because I feel like it's just understood yeah but it's like this specifically this order I guess you know oh, when, really? you, when you get a lot of boys together wait why are you blaming it on the boys no <laughs> sounded like you were blaming it on the boys oh, God. <laughs> you have thrown a lot of a- accusations slash allegations at me today i'm Just not saying. appreciating it well in 2017 there were 14,795 members of mm. so you know that's a lot more than 800 yeah. there are 1800 houses and they primarily operate shelters for homeless or at risk still so presumably oh. not putting children to work Hope, but also abusing <laughs> that <laughs> oh god yeah I, anyways s- sadly the the way i structured this meant that we end on that note which is mm. kind of sad um yeah. but I think, you know, like Jesus himself, this guy did a lot of good and then may have been misinterpreted further down I the line. I thought you were going to say, like, like Jesus himself, I tried really hard. And <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think this guy, Don Bosco, sounds like he did. He tried really hard. He, he rose himself up. Best. He's doing his best. He's out there, you know, much like us, you know, we, we have day jobs, but we also like want performing arts jobs yeah. that we really love so he's out there like doing magic at he night he found a good way to combine, combine it. it into i mean yeah you know he's out there trying he's trying to he's trying to change the game as far as preaching goes you know yeah, he's, very like much. let's throw a little magic in here see how that works works pretty <laughs> well it turns out i think that uh good on don bosco seems like yeah. he put a lot of good in the world would you would you do you think you'll ever foresee needing don bosco to intercede for you or uh absolutely i mean you know i i actually quite enjoy close-up magic sometimes obviously okay. not 
in the pandemic these days. No, no. Yeah, too, wanna, too close. That's the worst possible thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talk about how comedy has gone away because of the pandemic, but like yeah, you're close up magic. Magician, that industry just, has died even you're more. You're just fucked. Yeah. yeah you're just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, um, yeah, da- Danny's does, does a trick um, sometimes. So I... <laughs> Look, I don't need to hear about your bedroom habits. Hey, but, uh, uh, I guess if I was trying to figure out what he'd done, I, I couldn't, then maybe I would ask for some saintly intervention. Uh, okay. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I think that I could see that, yeah, if I was ever at a magic show and it started going badly, I yes. might like, be like, Don oh, Bosco. If, if you were David Blaine and like, you know, the box suddenly just fell off from the, the crane that it was suspended from. <laughs> I don't think that would, counts as magic. That's probably <laughs> when you would, you would pray. Yeah, no, that's fair. But you know, but so like when, so when I, I have, I set up the comedy open mic here in Oxford and the weekly comedy open mic and I found like a listing website where you could list open mics, like open mic UK or something like that. But it was all, it was for every kind of open mics. So then right. they had all these check boxes, like, please check off what kind of open mic this is. And it's like acoustic. <laughs> or piano or like comedy um, poetry yeah or comedy so I checked yeah. the comedy box and then a few boxes below that I saw one that said magic and I was like ooh <laughs> and I, I clicked the magic box as well I was like I you click the magic box and what happened when you click the magic box nothing <laughs> Oh, I don't know. That's, that's very disappointing. I, I was just kind of hoping that maybe some, you know, get some magic in here, just kind of mix up the comedy every once in a while. And I was like, okay. I can see my life like being like five years from now running this open mic and being like, remember when this was a comedy open mic? <laughs> it's like somebody's like, no, I don't remember that. Now, can you help me shove these doves down my pants? <laughs> I was going to say, surely open mic is like one of the realms that you, d- like magic is one of the realms where open mic is not enjoyable <laughs> <laughs> because it'd be like, is this your card? Is this your card? Is this I'm, your card? But they must is exist. Oh, you know, my, my sister-in-law was telling me that where does they live in Highgate? In London, there is like a circus open mic nearby. I can imagine the, the insurance on that to be through the roof. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sticking with swords in the lady it goes yeah. horribly wrong every time. No, no, this is like acrobats. Well, that was, was even worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, it was insane. She said she went, it was, it was fun. I don't think... I guess the risk factor, like the, the, the element of danger is heightened. So there'd be a bit more excitement. Yeah. Like, literally, you know how people say at open mics that anything could happen? At the magical yeah. acrobatics one, that's literally true. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I was like, ah, I was here last week. Somebody set themselves on fire. <laughs> it was pretty insane. Yeah, I come every week. <laughs> um, One guy brought an elephant. It was really inappropriate <laughs> anyways uh, anna thank you so much for such great research uh, i feel like you did a very good job of saying that non-sarcastically so thank you no you did for... you did lots of very thorough research especially on the early years of his life <laughs> <laughs> and the specificities of the magic tricks i guess yeah yeah that was pretty good too but um but thanks a lot anna i guess we'll see you guys in two weeks we should have a sign off like have a very blessed day. Have a very blessed day. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.